Hey, this is Robert Scoville, and I'm hanging out with some cool people. <laughs> so, um, who are you? I'm Cameron Porsande, the creator of Helix. And that's uh, coming on the Sci-Fi Channel tomorrow tomorrow evening, right? Yeah, it's actually airing uh, Friday night at 10 p.m. We're doing a two-hour uh, opening episode. And w- what is he, uh, hi- uh, since it's on the Sci-Fi Channel, it's a science fiction uh, TV show, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, Helix is a story about a team of CDC researchers that fly up to the Arctic Circle to mis- sort of explore a mysterious outbreak, and very quickly it becomes clear that things aren't what they thought they were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look like you want more. <laughs> That's like the first uh, paragraph on the first line of your screenplay, right? <laughs> yeah. Can we go to page two? <laughs> well, I mean, Helix very much starts out as a virus story, but what becomes clear is that there's this sort of rogue research facility up there, and um, they're pursuing things that sort of are on the fringes of science. And uh, it gets pretty exciting from there. And I can't get into too much more. <laughs> um, but it becomes clear by the end of the pilot that, that things are amiss. So, Very cool. Um, no, how, how, how long have you been... Uh, you're, you're, what, the main writer? Or uh, tell me about how a TV show gets written and how, how an idea comes from your ha- head to fruition on my screen on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. So um, I'm new to the world of television. Uh, before this, I was actually a, an economic consultant for the World Bank, and I worked for the Federal Reserve. Um, I spent a lot of time overseas traveling, and what I started noticing was that there were these research facilities all over the world. Um, I think as a kid, I watched movies like Enemy of the State, and we, we sort of get this idea that the government sees all. And what became pretty clear to me is that that's simply not the case. There are pirates off the coast of Africa. There are tribes in South America that have never made human contact. And there are research facilities spread all over the world um, sort of exploring very, very cool and sometimes kind of scary science. And that was really the beginning of the idea. So what I did was I I wrote the script and we sent it over to Linda Opst at Sony. Uh, Linda's done movies like Contact um, and she really took an interest in it. She's a real science lover herself. And once we got it to a certain point, they said, if you could work with anyone, who would you work with? And I said, Ron Moore, Battlestar Galactica. And they sent it over to him, um, and he was very, very gracious and wanted to get involved. So I feel incredibly lucky. And and it's an unusual story, but that's my story. So this is your first screenplay. Yeah. (laughs) And you're living the dream. Like Everybody's like, oh, I, I really would love to be a screenwriter sometime. But it's so unapproachable because every time you hear about it, somebody's been doing it for 30 years or something like that. How, how did you sell this? How, how, did you, how do you go from the idea phase to actually getting the machine to fund you? you yeah, know? I mean, it's a really good question. And it is a, it's a pretty unusual story. Most people sort of work their way up the ranks more. I, I, part of it is I got lucky. Um, a lot of things just fell into place. But the other thing that I would say is Hollywood is always desperate for new kinds of stories. And we're really in an interesting time in television. Uh, when I think about shows like Breaking Bad, um, right, frankly, there are millions of them, Game of Thrones. I think the kind of shows they're willing to make right now, it's a much, much broader space than it was 10 years ago. And I think if you have a good idea and it's well executed, uh, there are people who want to read your idea. And and I also have to give some credit to my agent for getting it to the right person. But I, 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 the point How did remains. you find your agent? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, uh, it's funny. I had a friend who wrote for a show called Medium, and he had the same agent, and he said, would you like to... Would you like to meet her? And I, that's how it kind of happened. So it did happen through a friend, ultimately. Um, but I would still say it was the idea that was 
that was king to making this happen. Yeah. I, I just finished a book, so I know the economics of a, a book project. And, and most people don't get any advance or get like $5,000 or $10,000. And, and it's, you get $3 a book, something like that, if you, if you sell a lot uh, against your advance. Um, my book, I, I got sponsored and paid for by sponsorship. So I, we went down a different model. Um, can you really make a living doing this? And, or do you have to get famous before you can really make a living? Are, are you going to starve doing this? <laughs> <laughs> You're asking good questions that no one else has asked me. I like this. Um, <laughs> here's what I would say. Uh, the first couple of years when I moved to L.A., there was nothing. So you definitely have to be willing to take a chance. Um, if you have savings, I say hold on to them because it, it could be two or three dry years. And for many people, it's even more. Yeah. Uh, my story did happen very quickly, but I would say that while I was living it, it didn't feel that quick. Um, you know, it's uh, you feel like you're taking chances a lot. Um, and like I said, I, a lot of us come from different backgrounds. I, I like the job I used to have. I lived in D.C. Um, I was happy. So for me, it was a real chance to come back to sort of come back to L.A., and, and do this. Um, but it worked out, and I feel very lucky. And, and once, you, once you have a show up on the air, you can absolutely make a, a good living off it. So, yeah, I, I feel lucky in that respect, too. <laughs> um, tell me what it's like to, to uh, once you get it sold, you know, get an idea like this sold. You, you have to write then every week, right? Uh, uh, how, how much time do you write? And, uh, and what, what's the process of you living your life right now like? Yeah, um, well, once a show gets sort of up and running, you hire a writing staff. So it is, it's absolutely not just me. There's probably six or seven other people um, who not only contribute to sort of breaking the story, but actually to doing the writing. And, and I couldn't do it without them. Uh, it's a great team of people. And then Ron Moore weighs in on all kinds of like story developments and arcs. So it's very much a team process. And even once you get to that point, then you sort of hire on the actors and then everything changes a little bit again because you see what people are great at. Um, maybe you, you throw more storylines towards a particular character who nails something in a way you didn't expect. And that very much happened for us too. Um, and then you, you bring on a huge crew. We actually shoot in Montreal and there's an awful lot of people up there uh, who work seven days an episode to make the show great. Uh, and oftentimes even better than the way I wrote it. So yeah. it, it, it's a village very much so. Uh, uh, Brett, who introduced us together, uh, took me on the uh, set of Criminal Minds, and I met the writer for Criminal Minds, and I said, man, what a, what a job. You have to kill somebody in a unique way every week. You know? <laughs> uh, do you find it challenging to do? Because we don't know your story yet. So uh, you know, with Criminal Minds, I, I have an idea of what, of what she does every week, but I, <laughs> I, I'll know a little bit better on Friday night what, what you do and what, and what your challenges are. But what kind of creative challenges do you have to to push your uh, story forward? No, it's a good question. Um, one of the unique things about Helix is it's 13 episodes and each episode is a day. Um, and by the end of the 13 episodes, the story, um, at least this part of the story, will be over. So we start and end in less than two weeks. Um, so this kind of serialized drama is actually pretty different than a, a, net, a procedural, sort of what you described, where every week there's a case. That's not the kind of story we're telling. Um, at the end of each episode, our story is in kind of a different place, and each episode tells a slightly different part of this story. So they don't resemble each other in quite the same way. So is it similar to House of Cards, then, where you, where you know you have 12 episodes and you're paid to do that, and, and you have to tell a complete story there? Or? Uh, yeah, I would say that is a good comparison, although we plan to go many, many seasons. I mean, one of the interesting things about Helix is... I think uh, they do, too. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do. And I should say, I'm a huge fan of House of Cards. I think it's a great show. Yeah. Um, 
no, we knew the kind of story we wanted to tell this season, and we knew the kind of story we wanted to tell over the course of the entire series. Um, and by the end of the first season, you will have answers to a lot of things. That was really, really important to me. Um, there's a lot of genre shows and sci-fi shows out there, and sometimes I don't feel like I got the answers quite as quickly as I wanted them. So me and all the other writers made a really conscious effort to sort of make sure that by the end of the first season we would have answers, but it would launch new mysteries for the subsequent seasons. Yeah. Is is uh, Netflix, uh, obviously it's changing TV, because uh, House of Cards, I, I can binge watch all, We I watch that in two days, right? Uh, all 12 uh, shows. Is that changing what writers and the creative pr process think about? Because a lot of people are going to DVR it and watch the show all in one time? Or? I don't know if binge watching has influenced the way we write so much, but what has is the idea that people will watch episodes over and over again and sort of see different things. Um, I, I watched House of Cards in two days, and then I went back to it, and I did notice different things. And I think the opportunity to write for that kind of thing is amazing for a television writer because there was a time when if you weren't home at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday, you were going to miss it. And now we almost count on people re-watching things, putting clues together uh, to push the story forward. So I think in that sense as a creative writer, it influenced us tremendously. Yeah. Is, is the internet changing in any other way how you write or uh, what the, t the process is for t doing TV? That you, you might not have the historical context because this is your first one, right? right. Uh, th that's absolutely true. I, I would say one uh, aspect that sort of changes is the fact that you get feedback from your fans very, very quickly. Now, in the case of this particular show, we've shot all 13 episodes already. But it, it actually, it, it is instrumental to see how fans react to certain things and what they like and what they don't like. And while I wouldn't say it, it shapes stories, it certainly influences the way we think about things going forward. The second thing I would say is that we use the internet to research things um, in sort of incredible ways now. I, I don't work for the CDC, but I had access to all kinds of information um, regarding disease and, and the way these teams operate that, that, that's fairly like revolutionary. There were always books, but now we have 10 people in a room, including writer's assistants, and they'll go out and get us sort of the most cutting edge technology literally like days after it comes out in the press. And we've tried to incorporate science into our show in all kinds of ways. Uh, I would say even though we are science fiction and we do push the boundaries, we've made real efforts to ground everything in hard science. Um, and that would be much, very difficult to do if I had to send the assistant to the library constantly. Yeah. But when you have three or four people who are always on the internet and there's access to everything, yeah, it definitely changes a science show. I met the writer who wrote uh, Minority Report, or, or was part of that process, uh, Peter Schwartz, and uh, he told me that uh, Steven Spielberg really wanted to tell a story that was futuristic, but that would come true someday. Do you think that your story is ever going to come true someday? <laughs> <laughs> um, there are elements of it that uh, that probably won't. But but the core of it, I, absolutely. I, I sort of feel like every generation has their fear. I feel like maybe for my grandparents it was nuclear war. I feel like for my parents it was computers taking over society. But I feel like for my generation it very much is the virus. And, and the reason is... Viruses are everywhere. They're around us in all sorts of ways, not just in the sense that we can catch a virus from a table, because we can, but computer viruses, just the idea of something spreading virally. Uh, I feel like it's very much sort of in the zeitgeist of the community that I'm with. Um, and in that sense, yes, I, I do think movies like Contagion really tap into that, but what we've tapped into is an opportunity to tell it over 13 episodes. So, And again, it very quickly becomes um, much bigger than a virus story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'll be watching tomorrow night. Um, what else do we need to know about what, what you do or uh, what, what the life was like? Did you work a lot with the actors? Do you get to know the actors really well? <laughs> I actually am really, really good friends with our actors, and I, I think they're incredible. We did shoot in Montreal, and we write in Los Angeles, and that poses some challenges. Um, yeah. But uh, I, we would fly out there, and we were in constant contact. Um, and, and again, I, I think our actors actually elevated the piece and made it even better. Um, Hiroki Sonata. Oh, yeah, tell me some of, some of the characters. Yeah. yeah, well, Billy Campbell is our lead. Um, I think most of you are probably familiar with him. He just did The Killing before this, but uh, I've been a fan of Billy Campbell since The Rocketeer when I was a child, so I couldn't have been happier. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was a great find, and he really nailed the part of our lead scientist. And uh, his adversary is named uh, Hiroyuki Sonata, and I think a lot of you are probably familiar with him, even from, um, well, 47 Ronin most recently, but uh, Wolverine. Uh, we couldn't have found a better guy to play that role. Uh, he runs this rogue research facility, um, almost like a private base, and uh, he, he really just nailed it. So we're, we're thrilled about those two uh, facing off against each other. Yeah. When, when I meet uh, startup entrepreneurs and we really get them off, off the record, <laughs> you know, get them drunk a little bit, <laughs> off the record, they, they start telling you where they uh, came short or where they didn't get to what they wanted to or where, where, where they had to cut a feature that they wanted to ship but they didn't have time to get it in. Uh, do you have stuff like that when you read a screenplay? Do you, do you have store, parts of the story you wanted to tell that the that, that just weren't able to get shot in the, in the first episodes? <laughs> That's a good question, too. I mean, look, when you're writing something down on a page, uh, the canvas is blank, and you can just create anything. Then when you get up to Montreal, of course there are limitations. Um, you see certain scenes, and you think, wow, that's really not going to work. Where we, I think, we're very lucky is our pilot director, uh, Jeff Reiner, who's done a lot of television pilots, uh, he sort of looked at those limitations and said, we can do this and it would be even better. And there is a scene in the snow. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> but, 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 but there is a flight scene in the snow that, um, that he made better given the limitations. I think that's one of the great things about TV. You see constraints everywhere, but uh, some people see those constraints and make it even better. And, and I think we nailed it. And you'll know tomorrow night if we did, so... Very cool. <laughs> Where, uh, what's the website that we should watch for more information? And, and do you have a Twitter account? Do you inter do you want to interact with fans and, and learn what they're going through? Or? I would love that. I would love to hear what everyone's thinking about the show. Um, I'll be live tweeting during the show, and I, that's why I'm really grateful for you doing this, Robert. I, I'm really excited. Um, yeah, it's Porsande is my last name. It's P-O-R-S-A-N-D-E-H. Uh, that's my Twitter account. Um, yeah. That's an Iranian name, isn't it? Yeah, I am Iranian. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> wife, my wife is, too. So. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say this, uh, since you brought it up. There, there aren't a lot of Iranians doing what I do. Um, there are a lot of Iranians in Los Angeles. Um, there aren't a lot who have created TV shows. So I'm pretty excited about that, too. Uh, but thank you for asking. Yeah. That's another question I've not gotten. So. <laughs> well, we can go and have a meal sometime. I would love that. <laughs> Iranians make great food. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, so, yeah, uh, just what's your Twitter account again? Again, it's Porsande, P-O-R-S-A-N-D-E-H. And Helix comes on uh, tomorrow night uh, at 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi. And we're actually going to make the third episode available, too, uh, on demand. You'd have to look at the website to find out exactly where to get that. But all three episodes are available tomorrow night, which is uh, kind of alluding or touching on the binge viewing uh, that you sort of spoke to. We're trying to get people hooked, and we think you will be, so. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> yeah.
Thanks. Thanks What's the URL for the? It's sci-fi.com, yeah, right? Sci-fi.com. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a link off that, and that's where I found it. So, thank you very much. Thanks for doing that.